the markets. We just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, The Finance Ghost and Mohamed Nala. Together, we have more than 25 years of combined experience in the markets. For those looking to take their market and business knowledge to the next level, we offer Magic Markets Premium, a research report and podcast library that nearly has 100 reports in it and a new one every week, all available for just 99 Rand a month. Recent reports have included the likes of Kroger, Deer & Co, Footlocker, McDonald's, UPS, Apple, Meta, Johnson & Johnson & Swatch. With broad variety and deep research, this is perfect for anyone looking to go to the next level. We invite you to join us in Magic Markets Premium. Go to magic-markets.com to subscribe. This episode of Magic Markets is brought to you by B2IT. Have you heard of Robotic Process Automation or RPA? It taps into the incredible potential of artificial intelligence to effortlessly handle those never-ending, monotonous tasks. Or as B2IT put it, they make robots so people don't have to be robots. Visit b2it.co.za to kickstart your business automation journey. We thank B2IT for their support of Magic Markets. Welcome to episode 145 of Magic Markets. It's really good to have you here and we continue to do these awesome free shows thanks to our sponsor B2IT where we get to go and have a look at two different companies and bring some insights to the show and it's completely unscripted in terms of Mo has no idea what I'm going to bring and I have no idea what he's going to bring. We kind of just agree on the companies beforehand. But before we get into that Mo, one thing I do want to highlight, pretty awesome milestone, is we just recorded our 100th Magic Markets Premium show. It's been uh, quite a journey, <laughs> you know, good and bad and easy and hard and all the things that come with being a business owner and uh, other pain and agony like dealing with payments. But on the whole, I think we can agree we've done some pretty good research and I think our subscribers have enjoyed quite an extensive library. And of course, the beauty of it is that for Magic Markets Premium subscribers, you get the entire library plus a new show every single week. So at this point in time, our coverage of the sort of U.S typical fortune 500 style companies is pretty good um you know as i say we've done 100 shows we've done a few recaps but we've covered a lot of big names yeah indeed ghost it's been so exciting because we started off with just you know this free podcast and then that evolved into this this detailed deep dive into global stocks that became magic markets premium so certainly exciting i'm certainly having a lot of fun doing that we hope you as our listeners continue to have fun engaging with the content whether you're a subscriber or not and i think Another thing that I'd like to highlight as well is that if you've recently rejoined us or recently joined us on Magic Markets on this podcast, not on Magic Markets Premium, you'll also have noticed the new format. And that's where we cover specific stocks. We look at, you know, either global or local stocks, you know, what's happened, what's topical, was there an earnings release? Uh, And we try and bucket those together in terms of something thematic that actually makes a lot of sense. But what stuck out for us over the course of the recent news flow. And that could be a stock that we've covered in premium or not. So that's where we're going to jump in again this week. And this week goes two very interesting stocks in the hospitality sector. I'm going to look at Carnival Corporation. That is a cruise line. It's probably the largest by market share cruise line in the world. I'm going to look at them because we've recently covered them in Magic Markets Premium. And how is that played out? You're going to be looking at... keep forgetting. Southern Sun. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Yeah, no, don't edit that out. I refuse. <laughs> keep forgetting. There we go. 
She's been a long southern day. Sun. We're looking we at Southern Sun. I'm looking at Southern Sun, not we. You didn't even know what I was looking at. So su- Southern Sun on your side in the hospitality index. Ghost, since you're on top of it, why don't you jump in this week and take the lead? Uh, clearly, we're clearly reliant on me this week. So the first point I'm going to make, Mo, is that the hotel game is all about occupancy and pricing and getting those two things right. Very much like airlines or like cruises, which you're going to cover. But the thing I always ask people to remember is, you know, occupancy can be 100% if your pricing is dirt cheap. At one rand a room, you'll fill every room in the entire network of hotels. Conversely, you can achieve great prices if you're willing to watch your occupancies collapse. You know, you'll always have someone who's willing to pay that silly price, but most of those rooms are going to be empty. So obviously, you need to optimize for both. You need to get the mix of the two correct. And if you can get that right, then you can achieve a pretty decent return on equity in the sector. If you can't get it right, then you won't. And I want to make another overall point before we dig deeper into, you know, Southern Sun over the course of the show. But I often see people refer to the replacement value of hotels as a driver of value in the sector. This is not a Southern Sun comment. This is a sector comment. And to be honest, I see it more with City Lodge. And I cannot for the life of me understand this approach. If the hotels are underperforming, then you cannot tell me that the replacement value of that hotel is the value. Because if a hotel can't do well there, why would someone build a hotel? It just doesn't make sense. So unless you believe that someone is going to swoop in and acquire the entire network of hotels, and that is very much a lot to hope for, as we always say, hope is not a strategy, valuations should really be based on returns on capital rather than a kind of blind view on what would it cost to build all these hotels again. I would steer clear of thinking in that way. Yeah, that's it's a great place to start because occupancy is certainly quite interesting. I mean, these businesses need to make money. So sometimes it's about the bricks and mortar. And in the case of Carnival Corporation, not so much bricks and mortar rather than ships at sea. So I'm going to do a quick recap here simply because we have covered it fairly recently in Magic Markets Premium. In fact, July 2023. And this is the world's largest cruise company by market share, not by market capitalization, but by market share. So it's definitely going to benefit from some of these hospitality tailwinds that we've been seeing post the pandemic. But it also, I want to highlight this, it also has costs that maybe other land-based players like Southern Sun don't have. And in particular, oil, the oil price, that's, that's a big That's a big one that moves the needle here on Carnival Corporation, but more on that later on. When we covered the stock, it was around $19. We did say that a correction was the most likely move, and we identified some key support and resistance levels. Well, currently, how's that played out? We're currently at our support one level. In fact, it was down around 5% when they released their latest results. We'll unpack that But also today, as we're speaking, it was five when we started this podcast, and it's around 6% down today. So the market not liking the outlook on this stock. It's around $13 a share right now. So from 19 down to 13 certainly should pop up on your radar to pay attention. That's played out the way we've expected it. Now, what's happening? Ironically, the company's actually posted its first profit since 2020. It's actually beaten the analysts' expectations. You know, they had these milestones. It beat guidance. They had these milestones, net income, a billion dollars, over a billion dollars, EBITDA, over $2 billion. But the the stock still falling sharply. You mentioned occupancy. That's the point I wanted to latch on here. Their occupancy actually beat guidance by $175 million, and they had higher ticket prices. That means demand is strong. They also improved their guidance for the full year by $75 million. So if they beat on expectations and they beat on guidance 
and the numbers hit all these milestones, why is the stock down over 10% from the earnings? Well, we'll get into that in my second point. Oh, building the suspense. Why don't you? Very good, Mo. Very good. I uh, don't do the whole suspense thing. I'll just give people the facts. Don't make them wait. So I'm also going to touch on occupancy, obviously, which for the five months to August 2023 at Southern Sun is up 11.1 percentage points. So that's a whole lot of basis points. I won't bore you with how many versus the prior period. It's only 1.9 percentage points or 190 basis points below the 2019 level. Now, unsurprisingly, Western Cape has been a strong driver here. I know you're a little bit out of it, Mo, but generally speaking, the Western Cape is where people like to be. And uh, events help a lot here, like the BRICS event in Gauteng. Obviously, ironically, I just mentioned the Western Cape. That's clearly not in the Western Cape, but the sort of BRICS conference in Santon, that was very helpful in Gauteng. Also got a couple of our old airplanes to work, which is exciting. And the Netball World Cup in Cape Town, that was also a goodie. I know this because I sat in traffic a lot. Now, a number of the hotels are running above pre-COVID levels, but the Sun One hotels are not. So you've actually got this sort of mix effect where that's bringing the team down. A lot of their leisure hotels are doing very, very well. And the Sun One hotels are your more budget offerings. So basically that's leaning more towards business or sort of incidental travel. And this is the kind of travel where the impact of Zoom and Teams is being felt the hardest, clearly. You know, it's very easy to replace that business trip you don't actually really want to do with a Zoom meeting. And if it's expensive to do the trip, and flights are really expensive at the moment in South Africa, they have been for a while, obviously fuel costs, etc. you know, layer on an expensive stay at a hotel and really <laughs> this could have just been a Zoom meeting, you know. It's also worth noting hotels in places like Mozambique and Angola, they haven't necessarily done well here because the underlying industrial sectors that tend to drive demand in those regions are not performing. Long story short, leisure travel is where it's at right now. And not just in South Africa because they note that their hotel in the Seychelles is actually also doing well. So for me, this is the good thing with Southern Sun, that their hotels lend themselves more to people traveling for pleasure as opposed to on a budget for business. I think that nuance is certainly interesting. I mean, in terms of when I said, geez, I can't remember, it's because I get confused nowadays between Southern Sun and Sun International. You know, I think historically those brands were kind of related and now very much a distinct offering from both of those companies. Uh, I'm going to jump into your point around how leisure as a trend has really ticked up because that was behind the strong numbers that we've seen thus far for Carnival Corporation. But I did give you that cliffhanger in terms of saying, well, the stock's down 10%. What's the market actually reading through here? Now, before we even go there, let's have a look at how Carnival Corporation's done since we've covered it. You know, from when we covered it, it's actually the biggest underperformer in its sector. If we compare it to Royal Caribbean, for example, they're down 11% from when we covered that, as I indicated, in July of this year. This company down 27%. That's massive. Now, let's compare that to the land-based alternatives. You know, if you look at something like Hyatt, you know, that's a company that we've covered in Magic Markets Premium as well. That's down around 9.5%. Hilton, up 2%. Uh, and then your company, Southern Sun, if memory serves, if I have a look at this chart, and again in Rand, no, in dollar terms, that's up around 19% from when we covered this. So just to show you that sometimes the global stocks not necessarily giving you the better exposure. With a longer term lens, however, if we look at it over the very long term, maybe let's say a year, that's not a very long term. Over the last year, cruisers have had a fantastic time. Royal Caribbean up 145%. 
Carnival Cruise is up 92%. Again, the base very important here. And they significantly outperform their land-based competitors, Hilton and Hyatt, as I indicated to you. Those both coming through around the 20%, mid-20% range. So that's over the last year. Over five years, however, land-based alternatives really kicking some serious butt. I'm going to say that there. Um, Hilton, 99%. Hyatt, 37%. The cruise lines, down. We've got Royal Caribbean down 25%. Carnival Cruises down 78%. Now over to that cliffhanger. Why is the outlook so bad? It's all about oil prices. If we have a look at what the market's expecting, I indicated that guidance increased for the financial year, for the full year, but for the next quarter, that's where the company's saying, we're going to feel a lot of pressure. In fact, fuel prices were squarely in our bear box when we covered the stock in July. It makes up a material cost input in a company, in a cruise line, and it's in fact expected to shed around $140 million off the company's margins over the course of the next quarter. That is material. That is absolutely material. The market not liking that, and that is the single reason why, despite better guidance for the full year, despite record bookings, they, they booked out further than they've ever been booked out. One of their subsidiary brands actually have, have, have got these record bookings. So the underlying story looking great, but guess what? If your margins are being squashed and it's being squashed by a big cost component like oil, that's going to hurt your share price materially. Yeah, it makes so much sense when you say it, obviously. You know, the irony in South Africa is our hotels run on oil, um, not our ships, because, you know, we need diesel to keep the lights on. So it's actually just an incredible scenario where, you know, load shedding hurts or the, or the oil price hurts our entire travel industry here. But uh, yeah, that is very interesting. I think stuff like I mean, I don't know. I suppose the bookings maybe suggest otherwise, but I think land-based travel maybe a bit of a COVID hand over there. You know, you'd rather get stuck in your hotel than stuck on a boat. There were some pretty hectic stories coming out of lockdowns around that. People are funny, hey? Sometimes you can read a story like that, and even if it affects you subconsciously, you think to yourself next time, you know what? I'll rather go stay in a hotel. Anyway, moving on to my last point for Southern Sun. You know, I've obviously covered occupancy. Now I must cover pricing power. And here the point is that average room rates, they are up 13% year on year, which is very strong. Importantly, they are up 26% versus 2019. Now that's not necessarily a very exciting KGAR, but uh, the point is they are up. That's more than we can say for some of the other players in the industry, like City Lodge, for example. Pricing is still in trouble there. So again, it's clear to me that the leisure side of the hospitality industry is where you want to be. And this is just so important when inflation is hitting businesses with fixed assets, especially in South Africa. Our utilities inflation is through the roof. You know, it's the cost of electricity, the cost of insurance, the cost of security, all the stuff around owning property, which is why I don't own property in South Africa, I probably never will again, is making life difficult. But Southern Sun is managing to fight inflation by hiking the prices of rooms, and the market is absorbing those hikes because of the quality of the hotels. At City Lodge, interestingly enough, they're actually having to focus on food and beverages to try and drive return on assets. Now, they're doing it very well. Like, full credit to the management team there. From what I've seen, it's pretty good. And from people I've spoken to, it's also pretty good. But they are facing this kind of structural headwind around their hotels. We're always built around business. And right now, if you can choose a you know, business or pleasure... Very much pleasure is where you want to be. I think that's that's a great point. And I, I think the comparison, you know, I mean, cruise liners may be squarely in leisure. I don't think anyone hosts a conference on a cruise liner. You know, I think the land-based alternatives have seen the benefit of that up here in North America. Certainly the global land-based groups, as we've indicated, Hilton, Hyatt, to name just a, just a few, they, they've done really well. It does lend me to my last point here. And I'm going to look at 
the debt story because this was a material component of when we covered the stock in July is we said if you look at the enterprise value the full enterprise value of Carnival Corporation and you look at what's happened to its market capitalization obviously the gap between the two suggests how much the banks effectively or your lenders own of the total group now the bad news there is that it owns roughly around two-thirds of the company and that hasn't changed. I think there's still a debt overhang. Now the reason it comes up in terms of my third talking point is that the company is still actively managing down their debt. Now this might sound fantastic except the fact is they have to do that because they've got to reduce those interest expenses over the longer term. And here's the line from the latest earnings transcript. They're actually aiming to end the year with less than $31 billion in debt. That is a monster. That is absolutely massive. Now, the big issue, as I indicated to you, is that the lenders own a lot of this business. And guess what? When your market capitalization falls by as much as the market cap has fallen in this particular company, the debt doesn't go away. It just means that the proportion, the share of the total enterprise value that's owned by your lenders just gets larger and larger. And so I think with companies like this, you've got to be very sensitive to the fact that we know what the margin pressures are, we know what the, the pressures are in terms of the overall profitability of the business, but you've also got to look down to the balance sheet health. And unfortunately, when you look at a player like Carnival Corporation, that balance sheet health has a big solid question mark around it. So again, landing on, I guess, the investment thesis for me is that this is still very much a trading stock I think it's worked out from a trading perspective. You know, it got into the resistance we expected. It's fallen down to the support. You, would you see a bounce? You know, when the stock falls 10% over the course of, of just a week, yes, you might actually see some sort of trading sentiment, mean reversion trading coming through there. You might see a bounce. But over the longer term, I certainly prefer some of the land-based alternatives that we've covered on a global basis. So in fact, Ghost, that then leads me to the last question that I want to ask you, because you've covered your points, right? Is that... What is your preference in terms of land-based alternatives and then regional versus the global exposure? I think I know what your view is on cruises, but maybe you can you can enlighten our listeners in terms of whether that's changed or not. Uh, no, it hasn't. Mo. For me, I think that land-based is an easier way to go. Um, I like what Southern Sun is doing. Look, I'm not a huge fan of the industry as a whole. It's just a hard way to make a living. It really is. So, you know, I just want to caveat it with that. But yeah, pricing power is all I'm looking for in this environment at the moment. And Southern Sun has that much more than some of the other land-based alternatives and just feels like there's less risk. I think that's great. But what do you think as our listeners? Let us know. Hit us up on social media because that's where we've got to leave it this week, sticking with our shorter format around 20 minutes. You can find us on social media on X. It's at Finance Ghost. It's at Muhammad Nala. You can also find us at Magic Markets Pod, one word, or go and find us on LinkedIn and pop us a comment. We hope you've enjoyed the show and let us know your thoughts. Until next week, same time, same place. Thanks and cheers. Ciao. We thank our sponsor, B2IT, for making this show possible. B2IT is all about making life easier, one robot at a time. If you hate it, automate it. Visit b2it.co.za to kickstart your business automation journey. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor 